whatever you are dealing with as a person, yeah. we're going to treat you and your energy to help resolve that thing. So acupuncture cannot make your body do what it was already not able to do. It's mm. just going to remove blockages. It's going to build energy in other places. It'll take energy from some part of your body and move it somewhere else to create that balance. And that's where your body will be able to heal itself. That is Elizabeth Fuqua, and this is the Rising Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Myers. Welcome back. Elizabeth is an acupuncturist, and I was so excited to finally get her on the show to talk about this topic. We haven't covered it before, and I think that's because it's a hard topic to simplify. But I think Elizabeth does such a great job in this conversation about breaking down what acupuncture actually is along with telling us what we can expect in a session and why we should probably be receiving it. Before we dive into this conversation, this episode of the podcast is supported by Kinnis. Kinnis is a local company right here out of Richmond, Virginia, that makes barefoot shoes. These shoes are absolutely amazing and almost feels like you aren't wearing a shoe at all. It allows your foot to move completely naturally, which is so healthy, not only for your feet, but for the rest of your body as well. If you'd like to check them out, go find them online at kinnis.com and use the code KINNIS10 for 10% off your next order. Now, here's Elizabeth on acupuncture. Hello, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm well. Yeah, yeah. Good. good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's just start by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, yes. So my name is Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. I um, am an acupuncturist. I work at Vitality Float Spa in the fan um, in Richmond and um, just moved back from Colorado last year and was really excited to start at Vitality because it's an awesome, uh, it's an awesome team. The therapists are amazing. The clients are great. And I've just been, I've been having a really wonderful time there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I like, I like that place a lot too. So I'm, I'm happy to be (laughs) a part of that team with you. That's a, it's a really great spot. Um, cool. So how did you get into acupuncture? Um, so the short answer is that I was, um, and I'm happy to expand on any of it. Um, basically I was working as a graphic designer, um, and I really loved the work I was doing, but I had trouble seeing it going like long-term for myself. I just knew that from a sustainability standpoint, it's a lot of screen time. Um, it can be pretty stressful, like with deadlines. And I, I just knew at some point whether it was going to be in five years or 10 years or 20 years down the road, I would burn out. And so I started to think this is in my like mid twenties. Um, you know, I, I want to find something that I can do like really for the rest of my life and, yeah. um, and give myself a chance to do something really meaningful. Um, and at the same time I was teaching yoga, which felt like, like that path could be my thing. Yeah. I've been teaching yeah. since college. It was, um, something I, I really enjoyed. I felt like I was really good at it. Um, but I also knew, um, 
that teaching full time is because uh, I had tried it once um, and it didn't last very long. Yeah, I think that um, happened to all total... of us yoga teachers. <laughs> We're going to teach 40 classes a week. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's really what you have to do to make it work. And, it, yeah. and some people can do it. Um, we know we have friends that do it and it's, it's uh, good for them. And it's a special kind of thing to be able to, to put that kind of energy out there all day, every day. So I just knew that that was not going to be the like sustainable sustainable option for me either. Um, but I liked, I liked the idea of doing something in wellness and helping people feel good. And, um, so I just started, you know, really this journey of looking into, um, you know, the different modalities in terms of like something that was holistic, something that, um, so I was not interested in like becoming a doctor. That was not, I knew that was not my path. Um, but I looked into things like chiropractic and massage and health coaching and nutrition. Um, and I landed on acupuncture ultimately. Um, and then went out to Colorado in 2016. Okay. Um, and did the program out there and now, now I'm an acupuncturist. Cool. So yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Had you had like personal experience with acupuncture, like before you made that decision to go that way? Yes. Yes, I did. So, um, there was a, there's a woman here. I actually still see her for acupuncture. She's amazing. Her name is Christina Aschenbach. Um, she, she and I met, she was one of my yoga students and just out of like pure curiosity, I went to go see her, um, and ended up working with her for a while. And, and, um, even though I wasn't, I didn't have anything like major health wise that I was mm-hmm. trying to fix. Okay. I just felt like such a different, just such a a shift, such a difference in my overall energy, in my sleep, in my just, it's really hard to explain like where you go from before acupuncture to to after (laughs) acupuncture. Um, And I, I try to explain it to people and clients try to explain it to me after, after we work together. And it really is just like this feeling of, oh, I feel better. I feel better than I did yesterday. And yeah. as I keep going, I feel better and better. And when I stop going, I feel like I kind of backslide. So there's a, um, there's just sort of a shift that happens. And the thing I really loved about working with Christina as well was that she was, um, she, and a lot of acupuncturists will, will practice different ways, but she's someone that really takes the time to get to know you. Um, cool. I appreciated the time that you know, we would sit in her office together and have a conversation about what was going on, whether it was like stress stuff or, or body stuff or, you know, whatever it was, I felt like she had a really good sense of who I was. And, um, I'm the kind of person that really likes to figure people out. (laughs) So I felt like, um, I felt like that track was really interesting because you, you have a lot of time, but something like chiropractic, I mean, and it, you can do it differently, but for the most part, like you're not really getting to the root of that, of that person, um, right. like in their soul, you know, in acupuncture, you have the opportunity to do that. Um, so I wanted to, I, I explored that with her a little bit and what it would look like to, you know, basically took her out to lunch and was like, what is this like? What is the school like what is the you know what does the path look like and she was really encouraging um and is still really encouraging and so that was sort of my personal my personal experience with it um but i'd been interested in health and 
you know, sort of the more natural side of, of Mm -hmm. health since college. I had like, you know, I had my own health stuff going on. And, um, once I was kind of over the Western medical, um, you know, pharmaceutical side of it and started exploring more of like healing through diet and exercise and, um, all of those things really resolved for me. So, um, it's been an interest of mine for, you know, over a decade, but, um, it was just that, that decision to go pursue it as a full-time path. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's cool. I like that. It was like sort of this, you like explored all of these parts of holistic wellness and then like narrowed it down to acupuncture being like your specific thing. Like that was fulfilling for you. Yeah. And I think I could have been, I could have, and I, and I love massage. I love chiropractic. I, I yeah, do yeah, all. Great. yeah. So I, I would have been happy doing any one of those things, but the things that drew me to acupuncture specifically, um, was the sustainability piece. Like I wanted to do something that I could do till I was 80, you know, if I, if I wanted to, yeah. I wanted that option. And it felt like with, with massage, with chiropractic, um, there seems to be just more of a physicality to that where you, you know, you don't see a lot of like super old <laughs> chiropractors. Um, um, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard on your body. It's a lot. I, I mean, I know there are some out there, but um, I, they I just take knew. care of themselves. Like all of yes. the chiropractors that I know that have been practicing for 25 years, like they take care of themselves because they know that their job is so physical and, it's, and with massage therapists too, right? Like we see, um, the, the average lifespan for a massage therapist is five years. That's it. Um, and so like, I've been doing it for eight and most massage therapists are like, wow, that's like a long time because most of them have burnt out or like hurt their bodies at this point. So there's definitely like this, this physical aspect that you have to take into consideration when you choose one of those paths for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and, and I knew like if I was going to invest in this program, I mean, I, you can do the program in, you know, two to three years, I ended up doing a four year, um, a four year track. So, I mean, there's student loans, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, (laughs) there's just a, there's just a lot to, um, that goes into making that decision and it's, it's a career switch. So I didn't, want to do this and then have to come back 10 years later or, you know, 15 years later and, and do it again. Maybe I still will. Um, but I wanted to give myself the opportunity to see it through for the long haul. Um, and then there was like this really intriguing part of, of the work. Um, and, and this is true among, I'm sure all of those modalities as well, but, you know, with, with doing graphic design and it's, the amount of screen time, um, and also just the, the nonstop constant communication. So I had clients all over the world and like your email just went nonstop. Um, yeah. And even though like, you know, you can set boundaries and I did around, this is when I look at my email, this is, you know, it's not going to be my phone or all of these different things, you know, in the back of your mind that like you work out of your email inbox. (laughs) You are kind of a, you're just a slave to, um, your, your email. And so if there are emails sitting there untouched or unacted upon, that's just work that's like piling up. And so it was really hard for me to 
function day to day, knowing that like, there's just always work to be done and like never really feeling caught up. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's true in any industry, but there is this, this really nice separation with doing acupuncture or one of those other modalities where you're there, you're present with the people that you're working with. And then you, you know, turn off the lights at the end of the day and you go home and you can like eat dinner with your family and not feel like this pull to be going back to the computer. And so, um, you know, I have a daughter now and that, that was like a huge part of it. I wanted to make sure that I was going to be present for her and her life. And I knew that where I was heading was not, (laughs) was not that way with design. Um, the other thing I loved about acupuncture is that there's a, there's a huge, flexibility and the scope of work that you can practice. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the degree that you get at the end of the program really allows you to incorporate things like nutrition, meditation, movement, cool. um, in addition to the acupuncture. Um, I did not study herbs, but if, if you study herbs, you can do herbs. There's, there are so many um, different avenues that you really there's no way to get bored because you can just sort of dive into something else or go really deep on, I mean, there are acupuncturists that like that just basically all they do is nutrition now. Um, So that was really appealing to me. Yeah. To be able to not only evolve as a practitioner, but evolve with your clients and, and be able to um, be more of a generalist and, and see people and, and the way their health is impacted by all of these different lifestyle elements instead of, um, you know, instead of having to think of things like through one lens, you can, you can see it through multiple lenses. Um, and then I I just wanted something that would be a lifetime of learning in that same way. So, um, it, it intrigue, I think health is something that will always intrigue me. I think it is something that will, um, that will be a part of a part of my interests forever. Um, and so for that reason, I am, I'm very happy to be in this field um, because there's just endless depth to all of these different things. And if you talk to any, I mean, any like Eastern or Western medical practitioner will tell you it could take a hundred lifetimes and you'd still only be scratching the surface of what there is to know. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm excited to just keep diving in. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so it sounds like this is serving you sort of in a lot of ways, like giving you a lot of fulfillment, giving you like working for your lifestyle, serving your interests. Like it sounds like it's it's a good fit for you for sure. So um, that's cool. So you were saying at the end of your program, you have like this degree that you can like practice all these different things. So is that degree in traditional Chinese medicine? So it's called different things. The school I went to, um, I went to school, two schools in Colorado. The, the school I ended up graduating from is called the Colorado School of Traditional Chinese Medicine, okay. CSTCM. Um, and so that, that is the, what you study when you go to school is traditional Chinese medicine. Okay. And that is a world that encompasses all of the other modalities. So acupuncture, herbs, cupping, moxa, all of that falls under TCM. That's Ooh. the umbrella term. Okay. Um, my degree in, in particular was master's of science in acupuncture. Okay. Um, but then there's, and depending on the school, there's a lot of different types of um, <laughs> things that they call the 
actual degree. So it can be a little bit confusing. Um, but then there was a master's of science in oriental medicine and that one gotcha. compassed the herbs. Um, and it was a little bit of a longer program. Okay. Um, so there's, and then there's now a lot of doctorate programs. So people are going for their, um, doctorate of acupuncture and oriental medicine there's so you'll see a lot of different letters out there but that's um essentially what you what you get to say at the end is licensed acupuncture so you're licensed by the the state of virginia to practice acupuncture okay okay cool um can you tell us like specifically what acupuncture is because i think that we most of us probably don't really know yeah <laughs> Um, so like I said, acupuncture is just one piece of traditional Chinese medicine. So I'll, I'll address the umbrella term. Okay. Um, I'll call it TCM. It's just a little, a little bit easier. So TCM is traditional Chinese medicine. Um, that's the, the thing that we usually think about when we're talking about acupuncture. Okay. Acupuncture is just one of the vehicles to, um, that falls under, again, that, that bigger scope. Um, so TCM dates back at least 2,200 years, probably longer. Um, that's sort of the earliest known text of it. Um, originated in China, obviously. Um, the earliest text was from the third century BC. Wow. And that's still the text that like, I mean, we study that text in school. Like it, that's still around. So that's still sort of held up as the gold, sta gold standard, which is really cool. Um, and um, it's, it's still our basis for understanding TCM. Obviously things, we have other textbooks. There's lots of other things that people have contributed and involved and it's evolved over the last, you know, 2000 or so years. So um, there's a, there's a huge body of, of information out there. Um, so depending on the school that you go to, you'll, you might like find yourself sort of in one learning one track so it, it almost depends on who you ask about acupuncture. You might get different languages because over time things have kind of split and almost every, um, you know, culture in Asia has their own form of, of this um, style of medicine as well. So um, in, in essence, TCM looks at the body as both the form. So thinking about the way we would think think about the body in the West, you have a heart, you have a liver, you have a lung, you have two lungs, hopefully. Um, <laughs> you've got large intestine. Um, uh, you know, there you have all the organs, you have all the bones, you have all the all the sinews and the muscles. Yes, it's your physical body. Okay. Um, so Chinese medicine, even two thousand years ago, was aware of the physical body. They could see the heart, they could see, and they knew for the most part what these functions were. But in addition to that, they, they attribute other, other parts of the body, other functions of the body to those organs. And so that's okay. sort of where the like channel system comes in and where the interconnectedness comes in. So um, when the Chinese, when a Chinese medical practitioner looks at the body, they're looking, um, they're looking at the balance. They're looking at the balance of yin and yang, and they're looking at the study of contrast. So um, yin being dark, nurturing, feminine, like the, these, uh, like a little bit like heavier qualities, whereas mm -hmm. yang is more like light, daytime, you know, quote unquote, masculine energy. We're, yeah. we're looking at these two things. We want those to be in balance. Um, yeah. And that's sort of like the foundational point. Um, 
that we're looking for. And then beyond that, we're looking at chi and chi is our life force. It's our vital energy. Um, that's sort of what, you know, pulses through us, but it also pulses through everything on the planet. So it's not, you know, the chi that's like out in nature is not different than the chi that's in your body. It's just, um, you know, we're able to manipulate. It's not really the right word. We're able to like, um, to see it moving in the body in different ways. And that's a lot of the time based on your symptomology. So like, um, you know, if you have a stomach ache or a headache or, you know, something's going on in your left leg, we're going to look at how the chi is flowing and try to kind of correct course. So when the, when the chi is healthy, things are just flowing. Everything's good. Okay. Um, then the other elements we look at are the, the five elements. So fire, earth, metal, water, and wood, um, things sort of get assigned one of those, um, one of those elements. Um, so kind of taking a combination of all of those different things, we will create a diagnosis. That's how we'll treat. And acupuncture, we use the needles to treat. In cupping, we use the cups. And moxibustion, we use the moxa. And herbs, we use the herbs. So it's basically all, um, all trying to affect those, you know, yin and yang, chi, mm-hmm. five elements in order to create more harmony and balance within the body. Awesome. Um, and so you're not looking at the body as, as like, if you had a kidney problem, in Western med, you'd go see someone who specializes in kidneys or, um, you know, you'd see, a. there's, there's so many, um, specialties. And so we start to think about in the West, um, the stomach is different from the heart is different from the spleen is different from the, and in Chinese medicine, it's not that way. Everything's interconnected. Everything affects something else. So you can't really, um, you can't separate these things Mm -hmm. out. Um, and that's, that's sort of like the true holistic nature of the medicine as well. That's awesome. That was a very good description. Thank you for breaking all of that down. I feel like that was really clear and like easy to understand. Um, so how does acupuncture specifically affect what you're trying to accomplish? Like you've got somebody on the table and you're trying to balance these energies and help their chi flow a little bit better so you can correct whatever they've got going on. How does acupuncture specifically do that? So acupuncture is the definition, and this, this will come up because I think we're going to talk about dry needling a little bit as well. So, <laughs> so acupuncture uses needles um, to puncture through the skin into the body mm-hmm. at different depths. Some people go deep, some people go shallow, depending on the part of the body, you're going to go different like levels. Um, and there's different sizes of needles and there's different um, like size in terms of length and also like width as well. So, um, but that's, that's the important point is like the, acu- the acupuncture needle goes into the body. Um, mm-hmm. And what that does at certain specific points of the body. There's about 400 of them. Um, and some are, some are used like never and others are used all the time. Um, we would see these, I mean, most of them are going to be like, if you've had acupuncture done, there's probably a lot on your wrists and your hands and your feet and your ankles. Those are, those tend to be like where the reservoirs of energy 
are the are like the strongest and are oh, okay. able to be impacted. Yeah. Okay. So I was wondering that because I remember because when I had my session with you, I had a ton in my feet, I think, mm-hmm. and like a couple in my hands too. Um, and it surprised me that I had so many needles like far in my extremities. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that so I've heard it explained like the like the wrists and the ankles are like the chimneys for the body. So as as the channel the channels sort of start and end. Um, well, a lot of them will start and end on the fingers and toes. Okay. Basically. So um, that's sort of the end of the channel. And therefore, it's the place where the chi is closest to the surface of the body. Gotcha. So as you go deeper into the body or, you know, deeper up the arm into the mm-hmm. stomach, I mean, we, we do a lot of stomach points too. We do needles everywhere, but <laughs> you're going to see um, like LI11 is that one, large intestine 11 is that one on the thumb that, you know, that was the first acupuncture point I ever learned. I didn't know it was an acupuncture point, but that's the one my, I remember my art teacher in high school was like, if you have a headache, rub this part of your hand, you know? Um, So that's, I think a lot of people's like introduction into like that pressure point basically. So that's when we do all the time with needles Um, because the, the chi is really um, able to be impacted at the extremities. Yeah. So So when the um, needle is in, it's, like the goal of having it in there is to affect the flow of the chi. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the so uh, like, and we think about it from a channel perspective. So right. not necessarily where the needle is, but where the channel that the needle is in is going. So gotcha. there's, a, there's like a point on the foot, on the top of the foot that's indicated for headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the gallbladder channel, which is where that needle goes on the foot, goes all the way up the leg all the way up the body and is wraps around the head. So if you have a headache, the end of the channel on the foot is what we would influence to try to basically relieve some of the pressure that's happening in the head because Mm. we would see when there's pain, there's no free flow. That's the, that's like the bottom line. So pain, but also things like stuck emotion. So like if you're Mm. ruminating on something, we would see that as like stuck chi. There is no flow they say all emotions are healthy if they move. Ooh, so like, I like you, that. you can feel grief, you can feel anger, you can feel frustration as long as it moves. And so that's what we're doing is we're trying to move the chi. Um, and so when the needle's actually in the body, what it's doing is wrapping around from like a Western side of things. It's like wrapping around the fascia and the connective tissue, mm-hmm. connective tissue, it wraps around every muscle, every organ. So there are these like fascial planes, right. That are, that you can see. Um, and that surgeons actually will try to cut along the fascial planes because, um, it's, it's sort of like this inner map of the body and things heal tend to heal better along those planes. So we know that those exist and those follow the channels really, really closely. So, um, the more we learn about, yeah. So it's, it's interesting because, you know, fascia is sort of like the new frontier in Western medicine. We don't really know that much about it. It was just sort of this stuff that like during autopsies, they kind of like scrape away. Um, but the more we learn about it and that there's, you know, collagen, it's mostly water and it conducts energy really, really mm-hmm. well. So um, that seems to be like sort of the, 
the Western answer for how acupuncture works. Um, again, I, and as we talk about like almost viewing, viewing this system of medicine through another system of medicine's lens is not, um, it can be helpful to understand, but in a lot of ways, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It works because it works in some, <laughs> on some level. It works um, because it works. Well, and I think that it's, it's like important to, like, I love what you said about the channels sort of aligning with like our myofascial like lines. Um, because it, it just shows like how we have like this one side of the Western medicine that's really scientific. And like, it took us a long time to figure these these myofascial lines out and but like intuitively for centuries people knew that the body ran in these channels right and so it was like intuitively we already knew this information but now scientifically we like have the proof that this information is really valuable when it comes right. to taking care so it's like it's all it's all like connected and and sort of the same <laughs> well <laughs> right? intuitively but also i mean we don't thinking about how much older Chinese medicine is than Western medicine's only modern Western medicine's like 200 years old, you know, like they're, we've, yes, we're figuring. So, I mean, yeah. Western medicine is mind blowingly incredible. What we know about the body, um, what we can do to fix acute mm -hmm. injuries. Like if you were just, you know, in a devastating car accident, Mm -hmm. Don't go to an acupuncturist, obviously. <laughs> like the we need both of these things because yeah, it's also like chronic disease, not great. Yeah. Um, these syndromes that like can't really be explained, but like we're just gonna throw some pharmaceuticals at you to make you comfortable, but there's gonna be all these side effects. Like there are still a lot of opportunities for Western medicine, um, and that Eastern medicine has really figured out through through other means. So I think it's like, it's such a perfect pairing. If you, yeah. can, it, if you can see it that way, it, it, they work really well together. I love that. Yeah. I, um, I just watched something, I think on Netflix or something, maybe, um, a couple of weeks ago, but, um, Deepak Chopra was on and he was saying like exactly that. And I love him. So I feel like whatever he says, right. I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> But he was saying exactly the same thing. He's like, you know, if you get injured, if you have something acute that like needs to be addressed, like, and I used to tell people this, you know, all the time, like, if you break your leg, don't come see me for a massage. Like, you need to go to the hospital. Like, I can't do anything about that. But, you know, things like, like you said, like chronic pain, all these syndromes that are like popping up that are just like mysterious. We don't know where they come from. We don't know how to treat them. Like, being able to incorporate Eastern medicine into that and to address them is so beneficial for people. Right. Because the way, and, and if you think of, I always say this with clients, like think about the way the ancient Chinese would have seen the body, like not on a molecular level, mm -hmm. um, but really as a part of this greater environment. So when we talk about the five elements, they would see, you know, the five elements in nature as being, a part of the human condition as well. Mm -hmm. um, and something that's really, I, when I think about syndromes, one thing that comes up is restless leg syndrome. Um, because like, yeah, there's, there's really no answer in Western medicine for mm -hmm. RLS, you know, there's medication, sure, whatever. But like, um, 
And the Chinese, when you look at it through their lens, they're like, oh, that's internal wind. Like, Whoa. you know, for them, it's very like clear and obvious because they, they're watching the way the, the wind moves and we, yeah. and like, that's happening in your legs. Like they, that's how they would see. Um, and that's how they would diagnose it. And that's how they would treat it. So, um, you know, whether or not it, it, it works for you or you know, it doesn't work, but it's, it's interesting that the answers, because it's a lot, it's just taking sort of a simpler approach and kind of bringing it back to the basics of like, Hey, that looks like you've got some, you know, they would literally think like wind in the channels. And so that's like, look at what channels are being affected and let's try to, let's try to clear that. Um, that's amazing. And they would, and they would not only do that a lot, a big part of it is nutrition as well. So, um, like the way we eat in the West, as you know, because this is a, a big part of what you do, it's just, you know, it's not seasonal, it's not intentional, it's not medicinal, and it can be all of those things. And when when we're listening to what our bodies need, we don't need strawberries in January. Like, it's like not in Richmond, Virginia. That's not no, a, no, that doesn't no. make any sense, but we've, we are, we've become so cut off. Even if you're eating, you know, even the people I talk to who are like, we're eating really well, I eat like I juice and I eat only fruit or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, on paper, fruit and vegetable, like that's all good, but it's, it's maybe not what's serving you and your body the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that point. Yeah. Like benefits. I have, um, I have clients that come to me all the time and they're like, well, I, you know, I eat chicken and brown rice and broccoli and nothing in my body is changing and I don't feel good. And, and like, how can I improve upon this? And I'm like, well, you need to eat more things like that. That chicken and brown rice is healthy technically. Right. But if it's not serving your body, you're not going to see, you're not going to see any changes. So like part of it is just people, like you said, listening to what they need and then just going out and like discovering that, like trying things and seeing if that helps and if it doesn't help making a change. So I love that point that they actually like take that into consideration in TCM. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say we've now convinced everybody that they need acupuncture, (laughs) but they've never tried it before. What should they expect when they come in for a session for their first session? So the first session, um, as you know, we've, you know, kind of been through the, so maybe you could, um, you could elaborate as well from the, from the client patient side. Um, the first appointment is a lot of questions. And so the way that, the way that we diagnose in TCM is, um, is extensive and it, it takes a look at all the different, you know, basically a general health review, but some of the questions you might not have ever considered before. So I, I get a lot of people, as I'm asking the questions and going through, like, huh, you know, I, I just never really thought about that aspect of my body. So things like, do you run warm or do you run cold? Because again, we see things through the lens of, hey, if you're, if you're running warm, you're hot. If you're running cold, you're cold. And, we, and hot and cold is like a diagnostic principle that we use really, really often. If, if you're hot, we'll do points that are indicated to cool you down. Um, we'll, we'll recommend you eat foods that are cooling. If you're, Mm. if you're cold, we'll, um, 
you know, we'll try to move energy to those areas, especially hands and feet. Lots of people have cold hands and feet. Mm -hmm. Um, so we would see that as like, there's, there's not enough chi and blood getting to the hands and the feet. Let's try to move some blood to the extremities, but also eat things like, um, garlic and ginger and try to cook your veggies. Try not Mm -hmm. to eat a lot of raw stuff. Keep yourself warm. Um, I remember you asking me that question and being kind of surprised by, I was like, yeah, I run cold. And you were like, do you tend to like gravitate towards hot foods? And I was like, oh, I never thought about that. But yeah, I do. Like I, I don't like a lot of raw foods. I don't, um, I mean, salad is like probably the most raw thing, but then you suggested that I warm up my salad. And so I've been doing that a lot too. Like just tossing my spinach just to warm it up enough just to make it like a little bit more satisfying. So that's like a super interesting thing to observe about yourself. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's a really simple, it's like one of the first questions I ask, but it's very, um, it's very telling. And, and a lot of the other questions from there sort of stem from that. So like I ask people what temperature water they drink. If they said they were hot, they almost always say I chug ice water. <laughs> like I need ice in my water because we are, we're, in, we are still intuitive. Even if, even yeah. if we're, we've become like, you know, more blocked off from things than we were maybe two, two millennia ago. Yeah. Um, we are still intuitive beings. So like, if you are hot, you're going to reach for something cold. You're not going to reach for more hot things. So that is our way, our body's way of naturally balancing our own system. So, um, you know, it, it, you're, you're almost self-medicating when you're drinking that ice water, if you feel like you're a hot person. And instead of saying, okay, don't drink the ice water anymore because ice water is like, you know, we, we prefer room temp. Well, we prefer room temp if you're balanced, if you, ah. if your body's not running super hot, yeah. then try to drink room temp because it's just going to be a little bit easier on your system. Oh, um, so cool. Yeah, I always so knew that it was supposed to be room temp, but I never thought about the fact that it's only like, if you're in balance, like, cause I, I never drink ice water. Like if I'm going to a restaurant, even like I ask for water without ice, I don't like ice in any of my drinks. So I'm either doing room temp or heating it up. But I guess that's like my intuitive, like I need something warm in my body, like not more right. cold things because I run so cold. So that's super, that's super interesting. Yeah. And it's, again, it's nothing, it's not right or wrong. It's not, it has to be this way or that way. It's just what, what's working for your body. Yeah. Um, I love that. So, so the questions sort of follow from there. We ask okay. about digestion. We ask about, um, you know, your diet. We, we look at exercise. We look at stressors. We look at how mm-hmm. you're managing stress. So there's, um, I had, I had a client the other day go, this kind of feels like therapy. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm not a therapist. I'm like, that is, that is outside of our scope. Like we're, we're not you know, treating, um, in that way, but just the ability. And that, this is what I found. I, I'm a total, like personally an external processor. So when I would go see Christina all those years ago for acupuncture, just the ability to be able to think through things out loud with another human, um, I mean, there's a therapeutic element to that for sure. And just being, just being able to find some awareness. So, I mean, most people don't write sleep or insomnia as their main um, concern for coming in to see me, but a lot of people have sleep problems. And so then once you talk about, well, how's your sleep? Well, it's like, you know, it's this way or that way or wake up or I can't fall asleep. And so we, 
that's something we really focus on because sleep is really important. You need it to heal. Your body needs it to um, function well. And so everything else in your life is going to be off if you're not sleeping. So one thing, that's one thing we talk about a lot. And it kind of becomes this thing that they get a little like, (laughs) once the sleep gets good again, they get protective of it. And, um, you know, they take the phone out of the room and they, and you, so it's, as much as it is the acupuncture and the actual needles going into the body, creating mm-hmm. like a super chilled out, like your, your body goes into a parasympathetic state. It's a, it's, you're on a warm table. You get to just take like this really deep nap for 30 minutes, <laughs> which feels amazing. It's, it's what you take home with you. That's also as important. So mm-hmm. um, if, if parts of the body are tight, again, I have a, you know, decade of yoga teaching and gymnastic strength training instruction. And I have a lot of tools to, um, to give you in terms of like stretches and different ways to think about movement. Um, same with, same with nutrition. Um, and then just general lifestyle stuff, because like it's 2021, I live in this world too. I know how hard it is to not have your phone by your bed. Like I get it. It's a hard one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, we're, we're not shooting for perfect here. We're just, we're just looking to see where you could be, um, you know, like that book, 10% happier, that like 10% better, 10%. And, and that builds over time. So, um, so the first appointment's a lot of talking because we're trying to drill in on those issues. And then um, beyond that, it's, it's a check-in. So like, I'm always going to ask, even if we're treating shoulder pain, um, I'm always going to ask, how's your digestion? How's your sleep? Because those are two things that can get kind of knocked off like in a, in a week, one week, they're good next week. Like, Oh, my digestion is really not great. So that's something I'm always checking in about okay. sleep as well. Um, and then from there we get on the table. Um, often there's some cupping just to warm the body up and loosen things up. Um, then the needles go in. And, um, if I'm, you know, if things are going well, <laughs> then you, you might feel a couple needles, you might feel them going in, they are sharp pointy things. They're not like, it's not, you know, rubbing cotton all over your body. Um, but once they're in, um, the idea is that they're not, they're not causing you discomfort or pain. Like mm. that's, that's not the goal. Um, okay. You might feel sensation. Um, that sensation often changes as you lay on the table. It can, it can feel like a buzz or a vibration or moving. Um but never like pain or discomfort. That's not what we're going for. Um, we'll usually do, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how much time we have with needles in needles out and, and that's the session. And you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My experience was once the needles went in was not pain except even So like I have that old like hip injury in my left hip that we were sort of like playing with and seeing if we could get a needle in there. And even, even though that one hurt, it was like a sensation of like burning. And so you took that one out and then put them like knees and ankles and feet instead, um, which I noticed like still relaxed my hip a lot, which was amazing. But I could tell that, like you said, like you can feel the needle going in for sure. And I felt a couple of needles 
it was like they were just like stimulating what was around it like if that makes sense is sort of what it felt like which wasn't painful I was just very aware that it was there um and then after a few minutes that awareness sort of like dimmed um and especially like once like I think you like turned the lights off and like walked out of the room and I was like cool what am I gonna do for 20 or 30 minutes laying here with a bunch of needles in my body and then before I knew it I was like in this really deep like meditative state that I like didn't try to get myself into I just like fell into it and the next thing I knew you were like knocking on the door and you were like how do you feel and I was like I'm I feel amazing I feel like I just took this really deep meditative nap which was super cool so I wasn't expecting that but it was awesome yeah we call it the accu nap um (laughs) yeah and and it and sort of similar I talk about floating because we are in a float spa Mm -hmm. there are two beautiful float tanks, you know, below where I treat. And so it, I've, I talk about it as similar to that experience. If you've gone into that deep theta brainwave state while you're floating and you're like, this isn't quite sleeping and it's not quite meditated. It's something different. There's something, there's like a, a different, a different, um, uh, just a different state that you reach and acupuncture is similar, but just like floating. Whereas the first time I floated, I was laying there thinking, Oh my God, I'm, what's happening the whole time. And I really didn't relax and I really didn't enjoy it. It took me like two or three more times Me too. to understand. Okay. Here. Okay. I, I know the environment. I know what's going on. And acupuncture is very similar. So the, I mean, I, I'm obviously like I went to school for this. I was poked by the other students. I was, I've, I've had a lot of experience with needles and I wasn't shy about needles before that necessarily either. Um, but I, for, you know, you have to keep in mind that people don't like needles, you know, so it's possible yeah. that you leave the room and they're like, oh my God, I have all these needles in me. What am I going to do? You know, this is really, so it's really weird for some people and it, ta- it same thing with the floating. It can take two or three sessions to really get to that point. But I would say if, when, when I see people who stick with it, they all get there. Awesome. I definitely, I, my floating experience was very much like that. Like I remember, like, I very clearly remember sitting up in the tank the first time I floated and like, was like, is this over yet? Like, what is happening? What am I supposed to be doing? Like, I don't understand this. And then the second time I floated, I was out like completely and in this really amazing meditative state. And so I was like, oh, this is it. Okay. I got it now, but it takes yeah. like used to. And, and I'm not, I have nothing against needles either. Like I'm not afraid of needles. Um, I have lots of tattoos and piercings and all kinds of things. And, and I was still a little bit like, I don't quite know what's about to happen. And then you sort of put one like right here, like in between, you were like, I'm going to put this one in between your eyes. And I was like, what are you about to do to me? (laughs) That sounds crazy. I don't know about that. Um, But it was like, once they were in and I was like, okay, this is what it feels like. This is where I am. Like, you're good. You don't have to like be tense like nothing hurts whatever I was able to like relax so it's like once you know what to expect I think you can relax a little bit easier into it yeah and and I'm always happy I mean if people want to see the needles I'm happy to show them they to me they almost 
because we think about needles, we think about shots, we think about getting blood drawn. Yeah. And with acupuncture needles, you can fit 20 of those acupuncture needles into one hypodermic needle. So really? like they're super, super, yeah, they're hair thin. And the ones I use are even smaller than a lot of people. <laughs> they're even thinner. So um, it, it, again, they've got a pointy end cause they've got to get in there, but yeah. so you might feel that, but like, I always, you know, check in the whole session. Hey, how's it feeling? And yeah. occasionally one will, someone will twist their arm and it'll feel uncomfortable, you know? So we just take yeah. it out. It's not a big deal. Um, but really like, I just always want to make sure that the client's in control of the session. And if they, you know, they have every opportunity to say like, that they're good. And even the people that I meet who are the most nervous end up having really no problem with it once they're, once they're on the table, once they realize like, oh, this is actually fine and not really a big deal. Okay, cool. So even if somebody like wants to try this and they're, but they are afraid of needles, it sounds like there's like a lot of ways to sort of move past that and like make them comfortable and like reassure. Cause you did do that for me when you were like, I'm going to put this needle in between your eyes. I was like, what are you going to do? And you were like, no, look how small it is. And I was like, okay, that's not that scary. And it was like super, super thin and really short too. It was really small. I was like, (laughs) okay, I can deal with that, with that one. That's cool. Um, So, so So people could still come to you if they have like a fear, if they're have a fear of needles. I would say most people who are like, truly afraid of needles are probably not going to find themselves in an acupuncturist office. Like that's just, you know, I would not ever try to convince someone to get over their, that's something that people have to come to on their own. Cause people, there are true, true people, like truly, truly people who would not ever have it done. And that's totally fine. And luckily I work in a place with amazing massage therapists and reflexologists and Reiki and float tanks and so many other options acupuncture is not the only path. Um, and I could do a whole session of cupping, but you know, you might as well, or like acupressure. Um, and that would be fine. It might, it might be effective. Um, but needles are really my thing. (laughs) No, that's totally totally fair. Absolutely. Um, that's cool. So yeah, I like that. I like that perspective. I guess, um, I shouldn't just like tell people to like suck it up and go get acupuncture, even if they're Um, there are lots of different modalities that you can try, but I like the option for people that are maybe like on the fence of like, I'm just not sure if I can handle this, like maybe come and try it and see. Um, so that's awesome. So how is this, which we touched on this a little bit earlier, but how is this different than dry needling? Um, great question, Amanda. It's dry needling. uh, I have a professor who his, um, when I was in school, who was our like trigger point musculoskeletal Mm. instructor and he was amazing. And his email signature said, dry needling is acupuncture. (laughs) Like that was in every email. He, and it was like his thing. Yeah. That was what he wanted you to know first and foremost, all the time, every class. So, um, so that is true. I mean, basically, because what we talked about as TCM being like the greater umbrella mm-hmm. and acupuncture being something that's nestled under that, the definition of acupuncture is the insertion of a needle into the body mm-hmm. to create a beneficial 
effect. Mm -hmm. So channels aside, points aside, TCM aside, that's what acupuncture is. And that's what dry needling is. So in dry needling, they're using the same tools, same needle, same, you know, they might like be in a different package, but they, they're essentially, they're made on the same machines. Like they're the same thing, just with like a PT kind of name on the package instead of like a, a Chinese or Japanese name on the package. So, um, so basically when, when you go get a dry needling session, which I've had done, I've had mm-hmm. done from several different practitioners. Um, typically that would be like chiropractors, PTs, mm-hmm. um, MDs have the ability to go get like an extra certification okay. to be able to use these needles and use these tools. And like we talked about earlier with the modalities, PT was another one I kind of looked into, but again, all really, um, hard on your body long-term. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of no, no wonder why they've figured out that using the needles, it's easier on their hands. It's easier on their bodies and it works. I mean, you can get, we've worked on your hip. I get to people's piriformis using like Ooh. a four or five inch needle. Um, and you what? get in there. Yeah. I mean, cause think about how thick that Flesh is on yeah. some people. Yeah, it's hard. And it's and a as massage muscle to get into. Yeah, yeah. So as a massage therapist, you know, that's where people are using the elbow and they're getting in yep. there. And, but it's a lot of work to we have to work through all those um all those glute muscles to get to get deep. Um, same with like, you know, the bigger muscles in the thigh. Mm-hmm. All of these things are ones that, you know, you can do tens units, you can do um a lot of different kinds of things, but at the end of the day, just like the right length needle going into the body and affecting the muscle. Um, and, and a lot of the dry needling is trigger point release, right? So you're, what you're doing there is you're doing like, we would call it, um, sparrow pecking where you're kind of lifting and thrusting the needle, you're going in and out and you're essentially stabbing that muscle. I mean, this sounds it sounds, sounds uh, really aggressive. <laughs> it sounds aggressive and intense because it is, if you've had yeah. it done and I, and this is something I do, um, for a lot of people, cause most of the people I see are having hip pain, shoulder pain, gotcha. calf tightness, whatever. Um, and this is, this works. So you go in and you, you kind of stimulate that muscle. And when you feel this little, you feel a little twitch response. So you can yeah. feel the muscle like vesiculate. And then after that happens, it lets go. So it was, it, it has this really kind of like, like a stomach turning um, effect because you're like, it, it's, it's not comfortable. Yeah, it's not necessarily the most painful thing in the world, but it's not comfortable. Um, so when the, with dry needling, um, you go to CPT at Cairo, for the most part, they're going to do that. Maybe they'll put some heat on it. You know, I can't speak, obviously I'm not speaking for every mm-hmm. PT, but my experience and the people who've come to me and have had experiences good and bad with dry needling. It's like, we're going to go in there. We're going to like pound those needles in. (laughs) We're going to get some good muscle twitches and then you're going to stand up and you're going to leave. Right. And so for a lot of people that, that translates to like a, like a little micro trauma, (laughs) Like like, (laughs) like that, like their body, they're sweaty. They're like, and so which I'm, again, I'm doing the same exact thing using the same techniques with the same tools, but the difference is I do that first. And then we do the relaxation needles after that. So your body has a chance to like rest, lay down, massage. I'll do like some CBD oil. Like we'll, 
we'll kind of like work that area out and then give you a good amount of time to recover before mm-hmm. you have to stand up and go out your way. So, um, so that is really, and then, so the PTs, obviously they're not acupuncturists, they're not trained in TCM. So they don't, they're not going to put points in your, in your hands and your feet unless you lay on the table for, <laughs> for another 30 minutes. It's, that's just not the, that's just not the practice. So, um, so that's really the main difference I would say, um, is just sort of almost like how the environment of the, there, there's like a reverence for, um, that kind of work that we do with the needles where we like the needles are our main thing. This is like what we've been trained in. We have, you know, thousands of hours of training just using the needles. Um, so I like to think there's often like a little bit more finesse with an acupuncturist using needles than someone who, I mean, there are, I don't, I don't know. I can't speak for Virginia, but I know in Colorado, you could go get a weekend workshop and walk away with a bunch of needles and yeah, that's what I think. It is yeah. I think that's what it is here too. I think it's like a weekend or two of like education. And then yeah, they- and I, and I know there are other, like I have personal, I have friends who are Kairos who have done like the longer, like there are, you can, you can take that and you could, you can extend it. And I have friends who are Kairos who do actual acupuncture points as well, but, but they're not seeing it through the full lens either. Mm-hmm. So like, they might do LI4, that point on the hand, if you have a headache, right. um, but they're, they're not really diagnosing why that headache's there. So we're all about like finding the root cause, um, or they're not, if, if they're going to make your shoulder, you know, twitch and, you know, they're not really also trying to figure out what else is making that shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Really tight in the first place. Yeah. yeah that, yeah. To, that so. to me sounds like the biggest difference is like when you're going to receive it from like a PT or a Cairo, they, you know, of course, depending on the PT or the Cairo, cause I know lots of PTs and chiropractors that look at things from a more holistic lens, but it sounds like normally what you would experience is them going in there and just treating the problem with the needle. Like you said, like your shoulder's tight. So they're going to jab your shoulder a couple of times until it releases. And then you're going to get up and you're going to go home, but there might not necessarily be like that bigger picture of what is causing that shoulder to be tight in the first place. So it sounds like with acupuncture, you get, how is this shoulder connected to your back or your stress or your sleep or your diet? And like acupuncture is going to address like all of those things in one session. Right. So, I mean, I, again, just like with Western medicine and the acute things we talked about, it's, I, I'm in no way like discouraging of other, other practitioners using the needles. I think it's great. And I, and sort of to what we were saying about the, um, the people who could be nervous about needles, some people get their first, um, it it can kind of go both ways, but some people get their first experience with the needles through a PT or a Cairo. So then they feel a little bit more comfortable coming into an acupuncturist because they've had it before. Mm, Although the, the reverse is also sometimes true where they have that done at a PT or a Cairo and they're like, I don't want, I don't want that to happen to me ever again. Like if acupuncture uses needles, I'm out. Yeah. So there, so there's a little, so there's some education. I think it's just about educating the, um, you know, your clients and your patients as to what it is and what it isn't. Absolutely. And I mean, again, PTs, Kairos, MDs, obviously like such a breadth of knowledge on anatomy. Like Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not one of the people 
there are acupuncturists who like really do not want these people to have needles at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like, it's, you know, drama in a lot of States law wise. And so I'm, I'm like, not on, I'm not going that far as to say that at all. I'm just saying it's, it is a different thing. Okay. Um, yeah. It just sounds like a different experience. Like it's just a different, and maybe it depends on what that person needs or what that person is comfortable with or like what they're trying to accomplish. Like maybe somebody is like, I just want to go see my chiropractor and get him to get this shoulder out so that I can like roll on with my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Yeah. it's totally like we were talking about with diet, right? Like whatever works for you, but it does sound like it would be just like a different experience. Right. And, and so when people, I get asked all the time, do you do dry needling? And obviously that was the long answer. And my short answer is just, Yes, I do. <laughs> That's just in yes. a nutshell. Yeah, We're just putting yeah. in you. Get on the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So why should people be getting acupuncture? So um, the, the real, the, the best time to get acupuncture is when you're already healthy. Oh, um, that's interesting. Acupuncture is is at its best as a preventative medicine. Okay. Um, because once you're, once you're imbalanced, we're, we're always balancing, right? Like every second that we're moving through life, we're getting beat on by external forces, internal forces. And so our bodies are constantly shifting and rebalancing. Um, and when we're healthy, we're able to do that. And even when we're healthy, acupuncture can, can, just continue that health. It can mm-hmm. continue to basically build your chi, build your vitality, so that when that big thing does come around, that that wind or that like, um, you know, that virus or that pandemic, like when the <laughs> things come around, you are at your best to fight it. Um, that said, I mean, most people come to acupuncture, and unfortunately, it's like their last resort. So, mm. you know, they've tried everything for back pain. They're trying to avoid surgery. They're um, they're really at a point where like, you know, they've tried everything for the shoulder. They it's fertility issues, things like that. Um, whereas if you were, if you had been seeing an acupuncturist for, and there's a lot of things like this, obviously, and it's best to just start where you are. So if you weren't seeing an acupuncturist two years ago, it's still better to, um, <laughs> to just go. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm going to butcher the saying, but it's like the best time to plant the tree was 15 years ago. The second best time is right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, just go do it. Um, yeah, and that. don't put it off anymore. Um, it's, and, and it's not that acupuncture obviously can still help at those later stages, but then you're dealing with something that's now chronic. It's now something that's been living in your body. And so chronic stuff I mean, it has certainly happened that you're dealing with this thing and it's nagging and it's been years Mm -hmm. and you have one acupuncture session and you're like, you know, throw away the crutches and dance out of the room like that. Those people have had those experiences with acupuncture, but most of the time, the longer a problem has been around, the longer it takes to address. So on average, we would say like for every year that the problem's been around a month of acupuncture sessions. So if it's... That's yeah, actually. Yeah, if it's but if it's been ten years, that's ten months. So oh, yeah. it's still, um, <laughs> it's still, um, it, it, you know, it's something to consider. So like, how yeah. long do you want to wait before the thing gets bad before you go right. get it addressed? Right. And if you have nothing going on, 
don't wait until you have something going on. Just try to keep, continue to have nothing. To have nothing going on. Yeah, no, I have literally the same conversation with massage therapy clients all the time. You know, I'm like, if you, if this neck and shoulder pain has been bothering you for three years, like we're most likely not going to get it all out in a 60 minute session or even a 90 minute session, right? Like it's, it's going to take time because it takes time to build up. So it has to take time to break down. So that makes, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I like that you're encouraging people to do it while they're already healthy so that they don't have to go through that process. Right. And I know it's hard to spend your time and your money on, because we have so many things that are, that are real problems in our lives that do demand our attention. Um, but it's, it, it's really just shifting your mindset to like, who, who do I want to be in 10 or 20 years? Where, where do I want my body to be? That said, um, you know, you asked what, who should be seeing acupuncturist? My answer is everyone, but my, my <laughs> truly like, because acupuncture treats you, the person mm-hmm. it treats, we say it, it treats everything. Um, and not that, and not to, to oversimplify it, but basically, so when we say acupuncture treats everything, that's, that's not meant to just be like a, you know, a, a cop out of an answer. It, it's very much like, whatever you are dealing with as a person, yeah. we're going to treat you and your energy to help resolve that thing. So acupuncture cannot make your body do what it was already not able to do. It's mm. just going to remove blockages. It's going to build energy in other places. It'll take energy from some part of your body and move it somewhere else to create that balance. And that's where your body will be able to heal itself. So if someone comes in for infertility, there is not, and this is, this is exactly why, um, you know, I, I treated someone for infertility a couple weeks ago and she said, well, my doctor said that there's no like research. There's no research that says it really helps, but we all know that acupuncture and fertility kind of go hand in hand because we all know people who have had it done, um, and had it work. Like that's, that's something that's, it's known for. Um, and what I told her was, you know, the research part is hard because if an, if an acupuncturist sees a hundred women with infertility, they're going to treat them a hundred different ways. And so for, for true, like double line research, you need consistency, but people are not consistent. (laughs) And so (laughs) because we're treating the root cause, there are, yes, there are points that you use for infertility, almost always there are like a handful of points that are meant to help encourage that process in the body. Um, but beyond, beyond those few points, you're going to use a completely different point prescription based on from one person to another. So, um, so that's what I mean when I say like, you know, if I see five people with back pain in a week, I'm going to do something different for every single one of them because the back pain is coming from a different, from a different place for every single one of them. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's, it's again, like treating the person as a whole. And it's like you said, like fixing, like if you're fixing the energy flow, you're facilitating an environment in which they can function better, period. Like no matter what their issue is. Is that about right? Yes, okay. exactly right. 
Well, that to me sort of feels like a good place to leave people. Hopefully we've like inspired them to go check their chi and see <laughs> and see if they need to get it fixed. How do you feel? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so you told us a little bit about where we could find you, Vitality Float Spa. Um, and then you have Instagram, right? I do have Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Elizabeth underscore underscore Fuqua. My last name's F-U-Q-U-A. Um, so I'm on Instagram. I do have a website, elizabethfuqua.com that has, um, resources and, um, links to book at Vitality as well. So it sort of directs you to how to find me, um, that way, or, you know, I'm always open for consultations, questions, you know, just if you heard something that felt like um, it, it kind of sparked some interest, but we didn't really elaborate on it. I'm happy to, I'm happy to go in more detail. I love, I love explaining <laughs> how this stuff works. I think it's so interesting and more people uh, really need to know about it. Absolutely. I love that. Cool. And I, of course, will link all of that in the show notes so people can find you easily. So um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank I think you. That, thank that you, Amanda. Awesome. Yeah. How are you feeling? Hopefully we answered any and all questions you have about acupuncture and maybe convinced you to give it a shot. Of course, I'm going to link everywhere you can find Elizabeth in the show notes, so please reach out to her if you do have any more questions or book a session with her. If you'd like to keep up with anything that I have going on, you can find me on Instagram at Rising Summit Yoga. This podcast was hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Amanda Myers. Music is by Dustin Gregg. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.